Hello and welcome back to the Fist of Kanshu, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Today we are going to go over Moon Knight number one from 1980, Moon Knight's very first solo series, as well as Moon Knight number three, the current volume. So I'll get right in with a synopsis here of Moon Knight number one, cover date November 1st, 1980. Synopsis, before he was the macabre Moon Knight, he was mercenary Mark Spector. Witness the origin of the hero known as Moon Knight. Cloaked in the spirit of the Egyptian moon god, Moon Knight swears vengeance on Bushman, the mercenary who takes innocent lives and leaves his colleagues for dead. The mercenary Mark Spector defies his employer Bushman and is left in the desert to die. He stumbles upon the archaeological dig of Marlene Alrain and dies from dehydration and exhaustion. He is placed before the statue of Khonshu and miraculously comes back to life. He believes that the ancient Egyptian god has given him back his life so that he can become his avatar of justice among the living mortals. Spectre goes back into town to confront Bushman, but he escapes. Spectre dons the guise of Moon Knight and begins his new life as a superhero. It isn't long before Bushman finds him in his new life and Moon Knight has to fight him once more. If not for Marlene, Spectre's love interest, he would have killed Bushman, but instead leaves him for the authorities to take care of. And that really like focuses it focuses it in because that seemed like a long story oh it was um in fact i felt like the issue could have been split in half and we get to the point where he leaves egypt and uh leaves wherever they were the sudan sudan and they go to the city um and he has his new life and then he discovers that the bushman's in the city that would have been a perfect place to end the issue and the next issue should have had the confrontation i agree now this issue originally cover dated november 1st 1980 Created by writer Doug Munch, penciler and cover artist Bill Sinkevich, editor Denny O'Neill, colorist Bob Sharon, letterer Tom Orzachowski, and inker Frank Springer. <laughs> oh, this was... Another example. Not as bad 70s cheese as we've talked about, but still, still, Paul. Why are you doing this to me? See, why are you doing this to me? I completely disagree. This is the Moon Knight I know and love that we finally get to. Like, I was actually glad to see the origin. A little drawn out, a little melodramatic. Yeah. And uh, that shows up in my my notes, too. Um, I'm reading along when we get one of Bushman's... Is it Bushman or Bushman? I'm not sure. He's just a weird character. Bushman, Bushman. Um, during his monologue, I, I jotted down, who says exalt? I mean, really. Yeah. Villains who monologue, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. But a marked improvement over Werewolf sure. by Night. I, a couple things I did notice that, that kind of took me out of the story. Uh, first of all, Frenchie's an odd character. Uh, he says, you know, when they want to get out of the Sudan, he says, Mark, I think it's time. We, we need to take a leave-taking. Yeah, that, I, I found that, that odd, too. Did you also notice his accent comes and goes? Yeah, just like a typical like 80s action movie. Yeah, you know, sometimes they're writing it out in French with Z and that, all that. Other times it's just straight Perfect dialogue. English, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that, that got me is I understand that they were trying to 
get with the origin because they wanted to tell a story. But considering that you know this was like a giant sized comic anyway, um, when he dies and then wakes up, it's he wakes up as if he's read Moon Knight's Wikipedia entry, <laughs> and that's never explained why he suddenly knows all this stuff. And he doesn't seem confused by it. He just wakes up. He's like, oh. I'm the spirit of vengeance now. I'm going to go kick ass. It was very disjointing. It almost seems like we should have gotten a window into like a fevered dream state or something. Yeah, yeah, something there. Where where he has the like come to Jesus talk with Kanchu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think they even touch on it. Marlene says, "How did you know that?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just do." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I also found it interesting that uh, near the end of the book, when they're fighting at what I can only assume is a strip club. Um, <laughs> Marlene refers to the place as a jiggle joint. A I jiggle never, joint, that's I've fantastic. I've never heard that before. I'm using that one from now on. Yeah. We should have done this before the proper show, because I would have thrown that in. <laughs> there you go. Now, I have notes as well. Um, I'm ending it with my last note. Starting with my last note. It's, um, it seems like a much darker, more serious tone than we've seen out of Moon Knight before. And I, I love this direction as Moon Knight as it should be. Yeah, at least it, it doesn't seem like uh, it's a throwaway character, you know, or just a villain they threw out there. Um, also, the Spectre's drive, I guess, is a little more defined. It seemed like in his appearances at Werewolf by Night, first, first half, oh, here's a bad guy we're going to throw out there, and then we just won't see him again. This, in the second part of the issue, you're like, oh, but that character's too good, and I love the design. Let's somehow redeem him, or let's keep him around somehow. This seems very much uh, more focused, uh, for sure. And Agreed. Fleshed out. Yeah. They actually had an idea with him and, and ran with it, finally. Though, I do kind of wonder where that uh, that story fits in now, since he kind of he came back from the Sudan and decided to become a hero, but he must have had a little side trip into, I'll just be a evil mercenary for hire for evening. Right. But this is the 70s. We don't need to worry about continuity. Right. There wasn't any such thing. Um, A lot of my notes refer to Bushman. Um, They refer to him as a skull-faced terrorist. I'm pretty sure that uh, the Red Skull kind of had that market corner, didn't he? This is, well, he's a skull-headed terrorist. Hmm, True. Well, his face is a skull still. But, um, and then I, I had a note immediately. I said, why the skull makeup? And then, like, three panels later, Bushman explained it and said, yeah. oh, it's a tattoo. So I still don't understand why, but okay. Did you also notice his lackeys all had skull faces painted on their chests? Yeah, because yeah. you want to make sure you identify all your guys to your enemy. Right. And I, I did notice that Bushman is extremely modest when he says that he's basically a mythical figure of terror. Oh, that yeah. is a very modest man with his steel teeth. It's almost like they they crammed two James Bond villains together, Jaws and um, I don't know what the guy, well, the one guy from the Voodoo one. The Voodoo guy, yeah, I was yeah, thinking the was same it thing. Was Roger Moore one, I think? Yeah. I don't know the character's name either. But wait, Roger Moore, that would have been 70s, early 80s. Wouldn't that have come after this? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe James Bond stole from Moon Knight. No. Um, and then as we were following Mark through the desert, um, that one panel of him sweating at night, that was a lot of sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a bad choice coloring it white. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. And uh, it did occur to me after Mark wakes up from being dead when he got better, and he just basically says, "This cloak's mine now. I'm taking this." Yeah. And just steals it from the thing. Now the cloak, bare chest, and khakis still a better look than the the Moon Knight shawl he had in the Werewolf by Night appearances. Yes, absolutely. He did kind of look like a pro wrestler. A little bit. But, you know, still better. And then, like, two pages later, awesome to see the classic Moon Knight costume. I was excited for that. Now that you bring up the pro wrestler thing, I wish he'd said to uh, the Bushman, you have failed the city. <laughs> and if you listen to GeekPod, you'll know what we're referencing. So, those are most of my notes for that one. What else did you have there? Did that, you already go through it. your notes? That was it. All right. Now, where can they find this if they want to get it? Digitally? Nowhere. Really? Really. I mean, I think you can buy the digital version of the collected edition, which we read it from. Gotcha. But where can they find it in print, my good man? Well, on the original issue, which I'm sure is quite expensive. You would be incorrect on that. Really? I did an eBay search last night for this. You can buy an... an single issue of it for less than $20. Well, then we're going to have to keep our ear to the ground if Marvel starts planning a movie. We're going to have to snatch those up. Uh, you can also get it in the collected editions Essential Moon Knight Volume 1 and Marvel Epic Collection Moon Knight Volume 1. That is correct, so which is where we read it from, Bad Moon Rising. Is there a reason we need both of those? No, but okay. there's people have options. Uh, the Essentials are the ones that they did in black and white. I'm not oh, even sure yeah. you can get them anymore. So they're a little bit cheaper. The essential volume actually gives you the first 12 issues of this Moon Knight run as well. This one only has issues 1 through 4, the one that we read it from. Okay. But we have color. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Now, are you ready to move on to... Oh, we, what, you know, we probably should say the title of the issue we read, which was The Macabre Moon Knight. That was Moon Knight number one. Now, we're moving on to the current volume of Moon Knight, which I believe is Moon Knight volume five, issue three, entitled Box. Oh, oh, please, can I do this synopsis? I don't know. This, are you long-winded enough for this? I think I can handle it. In this issue, Moon Knight punches ghosts. Seriously, that's... That's it. That is the the synopsis that Marvel puts out for current books. That's yeah. Um, but it's pretty well on the nose, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is. it could couldn't be more on the nose. So this issue, um, I don't have the cover date for. Um, and you did not put it in the I notes. I did the not. Well, I mean, we have the creators. Declan Shelby did the art and cover. Writer was Warren Ellis. Nick Lowe and Ellie Pyle, editor. I wonder if Ellie Pyle had anything to do with my new microphone, since Probably the word Pyle is on the front. Uh, Jordan Belair was the colorist, and Chris Eliopoulos, letterer? Yes. Look at that. Let you on go. fly. So what do you have to say about this issue, Paul? Um, again, as usual, I love this run. Um, the way Warren Ellis does it, though, not real dialogue heavy. Uh, I do have notes. See, I, I was not able to come up with notes for this because it's not that so little happened, but it was a lot of pictures on the page which flowed through the action. There just isn't much to say about it. It I is felt. concise storytelling. 
Yeah. Very minimalistic, I would call it, and not in a bad way at all. It's it's a it's a cool read, but the one thing we both said as soon as we put it down, oh, that's a quick read. Yeah. It was a very quick read. Um. My notes go like this: Ghost Punk Gang beat random people. Yeah. That's what much. we see. We see a group of like '80s punk rock thugs that are green, like Slimer from Ghostbusters, jump out and beat up people. And um, our boy, Mr. Knight, as they refer to him, because he's in the sh- suit and tie, um, confronts them and <laughs> gets a swift-ass kicking. Now, I like the way he emoted like Deadpool the first time as Punch goes through one of the ghosts. The eyes? Yeah, the yeah. eye. But I also, because this... And I don't know if it's the whole series, but the color palette of this is a lot of very dark backgrounds, Moon Knight and white. And as he's getting beat, the little bits of red that almost look like they were stippled on the sponge or something, it's very effective, and I thought it was super cool looking. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's very stark, the way they do yeah. it. Not Tony. It's very Tony. An English book. Oh. Just read one. Um, and I love the fact that it comes across that he's extremely puzzled. It's yeah. like, why can't I hit you? Love that. And, and it, it's nice to see a hero who doesn't have all the answers like that. Yeah. And those are some mean-ass ghosts. They are pretty vicious with the chains and everything, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we go back so he can have a conference with um, all of his personalities where Kanshu basically gives him the lowdown and clues him in on what he should be doing. And that would be his Egyptian samurai ghost fighting armor. Woohoo. I could have done without the giant beak though. Yeah, but it is It makes sense. Yeah, it ties it in, it fits. But I think it looks cool. But it does take away from okay this is Moon Knight. Yeah, that is totally a different take on Moon Knight, which is kind of the running theme through this book. And uh so he gets to uh have his confrontation with the ghosts, and they seem to be the ones that are surprised this time as he's bashing their faces to pieces. Yeah. Um, and uh, one line said it all in this book. Here's the thing. I hate ghosts. <laughs> and I, I just, I love this version of Moon Knight. Because he just doesn't seem phased by any of this weird shit. No, he doesn't. It's just like commonplace. It was as if like we were fending off a cat attacking us. <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay. Um, did you catch that his his glider his voice activated? I did catch that. That was really cool. I like that. And uh so we get to the root of the story. What's causing all the trouble? A haunted music box. I was wondering cuz I wanted to ask you about that, but I wanted to do it on mic. That didn't come through quite as clearly. Basically, he finds all of these punks in a warehouse or something, and one of them has a gun, and there's holes in all their heads. He makes a comment about, what well, you finally have an attack of conscience and decide to end it? Like, maybe they were a gang, they were doing bad stuff. The leader felt bad, uh, possibly because he was given this music, music box, because there was an inscription on the bottom that said, um, Johnny, mom. be good, yeah, love Johnny, mom. Yeah, love I mom. jotted it. Maybe maybe he saw that and he realized, oh, this is horrible. So rather than getting out of the gang, he decides to kill them all. Snuff everybody. Uh, but that, it wasn't made clear, so that was what it was. It was a haunted music box. That's 
what I took away from it because when they showed the ghosts peering through the crack, yeah, when they pulled the long shot of Moon Knight holding the music box, you can see that same crack up the music box. Ah, I did not catch that. That's what I'm taking from it. I've been wrong on occasion before. Really? That I've been wrong? Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen back. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been better. Because, you know, with the, the whole story taken as a whole, I didn't really care that I didn't quite understand. I mean, I've seen enough ghost stories. Okay, you find the bodies. They're still there. You know, they're all bones and stuff. Whatever. For some reason, the ghosts are still around. Uh, it would have been nice for that to have been a little bit clearer, though, because after that he drops the, the music box off in the river, uh, which, as far as I know, is not a an effective way of destroying um, a, a cursed or enchanted object. <laughs> I don't believe so. Unless it was the Hudson River, and then it's pretty crappy. Yeah. So, um, The only other thing that possibly supports my theory on this is the fact that the homosexual couple that get attacked at the beginning... Yeah. They reference hearing the music yes. from the music box. Yes. Okay. Then that makes sense. That was so subtle I missed it. It's easy to do. There was a lot of dialogue. So now there's a <laughs> now there's some ghosts that are hanging around at the bottom of the the river because the music box fighting is down fishes. There. Yeah. Rather than having you know salted and burned the box or salted and burned their bones or something like that. Incantation. Take it to see Stephen Strange. Anything. Yeah. That would have made more sense. But still, I'm still loving it. What's your uh, what's your take on these two issues? Um, old ones are getting better. New ones are still good. It's still a good issue. I like the one shot of uh, take on these right now because if, if nothing else, I, I don't feel like I'm getting drawn into some long conflict that I that has history that I don't know about. I'm getting to know the character in little little snippets. Uh, I think that's a smart way to go. Uh, but a lot of our modern storytelling, modern comics work like that anyway. Uh, the old stuff. I'm getting better. I don't think I'll ever love it as much as you did. Um, but then again, you know, I love some of my old comic books. Like, you've never read through the Clone Saga. I have um, not. And, and I, I loved it, even though it was absolutely horrible. So <laughs> We've discussed on how I can love horrible things. So it all just depends on which horrible thing you loved when you were younger. Yes. Now, where can they find this one? You can still find the original issue. Yep, you can get it in print. Uh, also, the collected editions, Moon Knight Volume 1, From the Dead. Digitally, it's available on Comixology or from Marvel Unlimited. That is correct, which I think it's also available from the Marvel Digital Store for purchase. Okay. $1.99, I think. But I have the original issues. But I'm not going to be like Corbs on our sister podcast and offer to loan my stuff out to all the listeners. Sorry. <laughs> so I think that's going to about wrap it up for this edition of Fist of Kanshu. How many of these have we done now? This was must be issue five. Okay. Five editions of Fist of Kanshu. I'm still not in love with the character, though. I'm enjoying it, but... So you're saying six is going to be the last one? No. No, <laughs> no I, I will, I I will ride, ride this horse until you tell me we're done. Well, I will tell you right now, our good friend from New Jersey, El Sedano, uh, has nothing but praise for this show. He's, he's absolutely loving our Moon Knight stuff. Really? Yes. So, again, thank you for the high praise, Al. Thank it's you, always Al. good to hear from you. And um, I'm hoping the wife's move went well. And on that note, Dr. Hugh, why don't you tell all of our good friends out there where they can find us. You can find us at our website. That is www.g33.com. It's geekpod.com. Um, you can also find all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, whatever other podcasting 
type utility that you happen to use. Uh, we have an Instagram that does get a little bit of uh, updating whenever we record. Uh, we have a Facebook page again, G33KPOD. We've also now uh, joined the Podcasters Cafe. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I haven't really anything to post. Um, probably should put the last episodes in there though. And yeah, I mean we're all over the place. It's getting bigger. You can even find us once in a while shouting our opinions out on a street corner nearby. Or on the Twitter feed at a live WWE event in Syracuse. (laughs) And on that note, have a good one, guys.